chapter 12, I'll get it right here in a minute, in verse 31, that we're to desire spiritual gifts. We're to desire them to happen. But we can't make them happen. We can't. Now, there's been a lot of things that was made that ended up being a counterfeit. These are supernatural. They are inspired and operated by the Holy Spirit through people that are willing to allow the Holy Spirit to do that. Uh, and one thing about the gifts of the Spirit is that they always glorify God. And see, and, and we, he said back here that no one can call Jesus Lord but by the Holy Spirit. And he's helping them understand and helping us to understand that when the gifts of spirits in operation, God's going to be glorified. And it's not going to be something that will, that will hurt or cause problems or cause trouble or cause division. In 1 John chapter 4, verses 1 through 4, he said, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Now, we've got to realize this, and this is something I want you to understand, that Satan has counterfeits for every one of these gifts of the Spirit. And a lot of people get in trouble by that. And uh, there's a lot of witchcraft and sorcery and fortune-telling and, and uh, uh, horoscopes and things of this nature that are satanic-inspired, and they will mimic the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, I remember many years ago in Meridian, Mississippi, I was visiting a hospital, and uh, I, had, I knew this pastor. I was going to school with him at night, by the way, and I, I knew his wife, and she was a nurse at that hospital, and she got on the elevator and was riding, and somebody else asked her, said, did you get your... Uh, did you get a paper? And she said, yes, I get a paper every day because I have to read the horoscope. I won't, get out, I won't do nothing without reading my horoscope. This pastor's wife. And I, and I didn't know a whole lot about it then, and I thought, why don't you read the Bible, you know? And I found out, you know, the, the horoscope, you know why it, how it got its name, horoscope, don't you? Well, anything that'll tell you what your future's going to be and it's going to be bad and not tell you how to get out of it, it's horrible, isn't it? So it's a horrible scope. And, and uh, people put confidence in those, just like, uh, and I hope this is not offending you, but you listen to me. It's just like going to a Chinese or Oriental restaurant and getting the fortune cookie out and reading the fortune. Now, if you really want to put that to test, you know those numbers on the back of that are for the lottery, don't you? <laughs> Honest confession. Anyway... Many false prophets going out in the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Now, these, these gifts, let me make this statement to you, everything within the realm of knowledge, whether it's facts, events, purposes, motives, origins, or destinies, whether human, divine, or satanic, natural, or supernatural, 
whether past, present, or future, comes within the focal point of one. We need to learn to do of the gifts of the Spirit. It covers everything. What we need to learn to do is to be sensitive and allow the, the gifts of the Spirit to operate. Now, for the purpose of study, and I don't, I'm just, this is just for the purpose of study, okay? We're going to divide these nine gifts up into three different categories to help us understand it. Because what we have here, we have three gifts that say something, three gifts that do something, and, or, or three gifts that reveal something. Let me start over. Three gifts that reveal something, three gifts that do something, and three gifts that say something. Now, these can work together. But for the purpose of helping us understand what we're talking about, first of all, the gifts that reveal something, we call, we'll call those the revelation gifts because they will reveal things, and, and that is the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, and discerning of spirits. Um, then the gifts that do something is what we call the power gifts, power gifts. And that's the gift of faith, the gift of the working of miracles, and the gifts of healing. Now, you notice there that, uh, and you'll see this when we get to that scripture, but gifts is plural in that sentence, and there's a purpose for it, but there's only one healing. Why? Because there's only one healer, and that's Jesus Christ. But there's many different ways that he works and operates to bring about that healing. We, so many people in years past have thought, that for the gifts of healing to be working, you had to have somebody lay hands on you and pray a prayer over you and anoint you with oil and, and all of those kind of things. And folks, that's just something we're supposed to do anyway. You know, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Mark chapter 16 tells us that. Uh, John, uh, James chapter 5 talks about anointing people with oil and the prayer of faith would, would save the sick or heal the sick. So that's things that we need to be doing anyway. But there's times that there there'll be a uh, the healings will take place through different means and different methods, and I believe, and I've come to believe, that it can also even mean doctors. I believe that. Uh, so, you know what what we've done in the uh, full gospel movement, and that's what somebody asked me. They said, "What kind of church are y'all?" And I said, "Well, it's according to who you talk to." <laughs> it's according to whether you talk to somebody that's there now or somebody that got mad and left. <laughs> or just somebody that's heard about us. I said, we're a full gospel church. They said, what does that mean? I said, that means we're neither charismatic nor Pentecostal. Charismatics are way too loose and anything's okay with them. Pentecostals are way too strict and nothing's okay with them. So we're somewhere in the middle, you know. <laughs> And that don't mean that we allow just anything, but, but what that means is that we're not hung things. Externals, as much as we are internals, and that's the important thing. But we're not to the point to where that we believe you can be filled with the Holy Spirit and just live any way you want to either. That won't work. I'm going to tell you, I heard this fellow the other day made this statement about, I, maybe I just didn't even say this, but I'm going to anyway. A spirit-filled homosexual, and I said, "Yeah." They they asked me how you know, and I said, "Yeah, I believe that, but they're not filled with the Holy Spirit." Now, then the vocal gifts. 
that's the gifts that say something. That is the gift of prophecy. And, and when we talk about prophecy here, and we'll see this when we study it, prophecy is not necessarily foretelling in this particular simple gift of prophecy. We'll find out it tells us in 1 Corinthians 14 that when, a, when someone speaks prophecy to somebody, it's for exhortation, edification, and comfort. Is those three things. It could talk about something future, but it's mainly a word given supernaturally through the Holy Spirit to someone for edification, that's to build them up, for instruction, help them to know, and for comfort to bring them peace. And, and that happens. You say, well, can't you get that without that? You sure can. You sure can. But there's times and situations that people need that for a point of confirmation or a point of encouragement or things of that nature. And then the other two uh, gifts that say something, the vocal gifts, is the gift of tongues and the gift of the interpretation of tongues. Now, a lot of, a lot of confusion about this. And people say that that's a thing for, the, for past, that's already passed and done away with. Well, nowhere in this study in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14 does it say that there'll come a time that these will be done away with. Now, you say, well, wait a minute, don't it say in 1 Corinthians 13 that where there be tongues, they shall cease, and where there be prophecies, they shall fail? It definitely does say that. But it says when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part will be done away with. Well, that which is perfect is come is talking about Jesus Christ coming back to get us and the life that we will be involved in from that point on. Okay? When all the prophecies will be fulfilled and all of God's people will be speaking the same, same language regardless of what it is. Some say it's going to be uh, Hebrew and that'll be fine. Uh, I just don't know if there's a Hebrew word for y'all. <laughs> but God can fix that too, okay? So this is the, the gifts that we're going to talk about. And uh, I had, my plan was to do that, but we're going to get started. Uh, the first thing that we want to talk about in the gifts of the Spirit is the gift of the Word of Knowledge. Now, let me remind you, the statement I made earlier, that the gifts of the Spirit are all supernatural in origin and in operation. These are as the Spirit wills. We've got to remember that. It said uh, in verse 7 that He's given by the Spirit for the profit of all. And, and then we find in verse 11 that they're given to each one individually as He, the Spirit, wills. So when we think about that and we come to talk about the word of knowledge is we've got to realize that this is supernatural revelation by the Holy Spirit of certain facts in the mind of God. It's not something that is generally known. Uh, it's not learned knowledge. You can get that just by reading a book. You can get that by going to school. You can get that by sitting and listening. You can get learned knowledge, and that's not what he's talking about. Uh, and, and we've got to realize, too, that if we're talking about just natural knowledge, then we'd have to come back and say that if there's one of the gifts that's natural, then all of them be natural. But since there's other gifts that's spiritual, 
and supernatural, then we believe that this is also uh, another way to help us understand this and, and come to realize we'll never know the things that's in the mind of God, all the things that's in the mind of God. Let's face it, this little thing we got here could not hold and could not even come close to comprehending to hold all the knowledge that God has. I still feel like that with all that's been said and done for these 6,000 years, the revelations that have come, the word that has been given to us, that we still just have a fraction of the mind of God. There's so much. See, the Bible says that the secret things belong to the Lord. But there's things He's made known to the children of men. He's made this known to the children of men. But there's other things, things that we have questions about sometimes that that's in the mind of God that, that's not been made known to us and may never will, okay? But when we talk about this just like a word is a fragmentary part of a sentence, just a word, even if it's, of course it can be a one-word sentence, I understand that, like help, love, you know, those kind of things. But when you think about a sentence, a word is just a fragment of that sentence. So when we talk about a word of knowledge, we're talking about just a fragment of the mind of God. The word, and it concerns uh, things, the word of knowledge concerns things present and past. Not future, there's another word for that. But things that are present and things that are past. Uh, this, this is one that Satan really messes people up with because see satan he knows your past he knows your address he knows how much money you got in your pocket he knows what your phone number is now he don't know everything about you but he knows all of that and he knows what you did yesterday he knows what you were believing God for yesterday. Now, he knows these things. And you think, well, if he knows that and somebody starts telling me this stuff, how am I going to know? Well, one thing we need to understand is that when, when someone starts telling you something and says, the Lord says, or this is from the Lord, then it needs to bear witness with your spirit. And we need to be grounded in the Word to the point to where we can understand these things. That's the reason for teaching this, is to help us understand it. Uh, I, I believe that God desires through the Spirit to minister supernaturally to His people in the current situation that they're in. And to help them see that these things in the past sometimes have maybe brought them to where they are. If those things are forgiven, they're forgiven, they're gone. But sometimes consequences of those things can still bring us to where we are now. You follow what I'm saying? So when we talk about it being a part of the mind of God concerning things past and things present, then when somebody starts giving you a word of knowledge, it may just sort of blow your mind for a minute because they could come across in such a way to, that you'd think they've been living with you. You know, that they've been reading your mail or 
or listening in on your telephone call. I was telling Brother Wayne before church, I said, isn't that something? They had these closed-door meetings about the impeachment so that it would not get out and hinder national security. But the president can't get on the telephone without 20 people listening in. <laughs> that's, that's national security, isn't it? But anyway, anyway, when there's been times that people have said things to me that I knew in my life that only God could have given that to them. And, you know, there's these kind of situations come up. Uh, this gift can be marine visions. It don't have to be somebody else. It can come about through a vision. It can come about through a dream. You remember in Acts 2, he talked about the Holy Spirit being poured out and, and talked about dreams and visions. I believe he said that your old young men will dream dreams and your old men will have visions. That's what it says are back one way or the other. And uh, I guess I'm still young because I still have dreams nearly every night. Now, whether the Holy Spirit or not, it, <laughs> I dreamed last night my cell phone went dead, and I tried to figure out a spiritual implication for that, and I hadn't figured out one yet because I don't use the thing that much. But <laughs> and I was calling, I was calling Gary to come and help me, but my telephone was dead. So you see, I never got to help. So I had to wake up. But anyhow. <laughs> I don't think it was from the Lord. But I have had dreams that when I woke up, I knew this was God. And I've had visions, open visions of, of seeing things. I've had that, had that kind of thing to happen to me. I had that to happen to me before I ever realized that there were gifts of the Spirit. And I was preaching. And I was working at a funeral home in Hernando, Mississippi. And we had had a funeral on that Sunday afternoon. We were at Hernando, and, and the funeral was over at Olive Branch. You all have heard of Olive Branch, I'm sure, and, and Hernando. Anyway, driving back across, I'm driving a funeral coach by myself, and driving back across that road, all of a sudden, I saw myself preaching in a large church. Now, here I am standing every Sunday before the same 20, 22, 25 people. But I saw myself preaching in a large church, large congregation, and it had five sections. That, you know, the way the aisles were set out had five sections in that large. And I'm talking about large. I'm not talking about something little, something large. I, and I thought about that, and I thought, well, man, what was that? And all of a sudden, I realized I was back nearly to the funeral home, and it just, you know, it was God and brought me back there. Now, you could, you could call this a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom because it turned out to be future, and it was future. Because that was in 1971 is whenever I had that, that vision that day. 1971. And in 1983, 12 years later, I preached a 10-minute message at Word of Faith Church in Farmers Branch, Texas. There were about 2,500 people there that night. As I stood there, I remembered that vision. There was five sections in that, and they were all full. Now, you think, well, that's just coincidence. There's no word in the Bible for coincidence, okay? Now, things happen, and it seems like a coincidence, but that was something that the Lord was showing me. It was a vision. And uh, 
in Acts chapter 10, road experience, or chapter 9 rather, verses 10 through 18, this is after Paul's Damascus road experience. Now listen to what this says. Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias, and to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he is praying, and, and in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias coming and put his hand on him that he might receive his sight. Now you see how this is things present and things past. Things pre- He's saying to Ananias, here's a word of knowledge, Ananias. There's a man over there on the street called Straight in Simon's house. You go over there, and he's, he has seen you in a vision coming to him. So this thing was working on both ends. And Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard from many about this man, how much he has done to your saints in Jerusalem, and here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and children of Israel. If I will show him how many things he must suffer for my sake. Ananias went his way and entered the house and laid his hands on him. He said, Brother Saul... The Lord who appeared to you on the road as you came has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once. Now that's a supernatural situation taking place right there. And it was a word of knowledge that came to him. Now there was a form of a future prophecy in that. He said, and I'll show him what things he'll have to suffer. And he did. That came to Paul later on. One more example, and... We're running out of time, but I'll get through this word of knowledge here real quick. Is uh, in Acts chapter ten. This is Peter being called to go to Cornelius's house. Now I want you to notice how this works. The next day, as they went on a journey and drew near the city, Peter went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. Then he became very hungry and wanted to eat. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance and saw the heaven opened and an object like a great sheet bound at the four corners descending to him and let down to the earth. It's a vision. Now notice this words of the air, the mind of God. In it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. And a voice came to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. And a voice spoke to him again the second time, What God has cleaned you must not call common. And this was done three times, and the object was taken up into heaven again. Now, while Peter wondered within himself what this vision which he had seen meant, behold, the men who had been sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate. And they called and asked whether Simon, whose surname was Peter, was lodging there. And while Peter thought on the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are seeking you. You see that in Revelation? Arise, therefore, go down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent you. Back up at the first of this chapter 10, it talks about Cornelius praying, and he had a vision that the angel told him to send to Joppa, that, that, Paul, that Peter would be there, where he would be, and send, and send for him to come. So you see, this is, this is supernatural. And this is not something just for the New Testament days. Real quickly, in Second uh, Kings chapter 5, it talks about something that took place in the Old Testament. Second uh, Kings chapter 5 is when Naaman the leper came to Israel and looking for 
uh, Elisha so he could be healed. Well, after Elisha told him to go dip, he went dip seven times, he was healed. He came back to Elisha and wanted to give him a bunch of gifts. And Elisha said, no, this, just make it short. No, this free of charge. You don't know nothing going your way. So he started to go back, but, but Elisha's servant, Gehazi, he couldn't stand this, man. I mean, here's a free ride. Here we got, we got free money coming here. Why don't, what's wrong with this guy, you know? But he went and ran him down and told him a lie. He said, there's a, some students coming to the school of the prophets, and they need clothes, and they need money. And he gave him a bunch of stuff. Well, Gehazi brought it back, and he hid it in a tree, in a hollow tree, and then he went in. Now, here's where it picks up. And Gehazi, he went in and stood before his master, Elisha, and said to him, and Elisha said to him, Where did you go, Gehazi? And he said, Your servant did not go anywhere. Then he said, Did not my heart go with you when the man turned back from his chariot to meet you? Is it time to receive money and receive clothing, olive groves and vineyards, sheep and oxen, male and female servants? Therefore the leprosy of Naaman shall cling to you and your descendants forever. And he went out from his presence, leprous as white as snow. Uh, you can't get away with nothing from God, okay? And there's times that a word will come to you that it may not sound just like what you want it to. It may not be an encouraging word. It may be a word of instruction, a word of warning. But I want you to notice something about this, and this is something I believe. I don't believe that God is going to come or send somebody in here, the Holy Spirit come in and somebody in here, and them call you out and tell you a whole bunch of junk about you that's, that's detrimental to your character now in front of the congregation. Unless you have just got to be... But you notice that... Elisha called him in, and then that privacy told him this right here. And there'll be times that a word will come from the Lord through somebody, and they'll, they'll, they'll do it for you privately. They'll talk to you privately. I've had that to happen before. Uh, someone come to me and say, hey, here's a situation, and you need to think about this. And you probably won't know what the situation was. Well, God didn't reveal it to you. He did to me and that person, and so we'll just leave it right there then. Okay? It wasn't nothing immoral or ugly, just, okay. So I thought I'd set you at ease about that, you know. Told me, he told me I needed to quit. No. <laughs> anyway, this is some things about the word of knowledge. And there's a whole lot, a lot of other places that we could see some things about this. The word of knowledge working in the Old and in the New Testament. But remember this. That if somebody comes and says, the Lord, the Lord told me to share this with you, and they begin to tell you something about the past or something that's going on right now, if it don't bear witness with you, first of all, you need to pray about it. And then if it still don't bear witness with you, just disregard it, because that's from Satan. And uh, we need to learn to follow, and we'll talk about this a whole lot, we need to learn to follow the inward witness in our life. And depend on that, the Holy Spirit within us more than we do anything else, any other manifestation. That's uh, when when Lord moved me to come to Alabama and start a church, I didn't have a vision. I didn't have a word from the Lord. I didn't have any of that kind of stuff. I just had that inward witness that this is what God said, this is the way God is moving, this is what he's pointing at, and that's what we've done. And, and uh, 
If you learn to follow that, you won't miss it. Okay. Anybody got any question or comment? You may think, well, if you learn to follow that, then why do you need the gifts of the Spirit? Well, because sometimes you need encouragement. You need confirmation. And there's other things that the gifts of the Spirit can do for us. 